You think that you are the number one dad? No offense, Homer, but your half-assed underparenting was a lot more fun than your half-assed overparenting. But I'm using my whole head. No wire-hangers My father would womanize, he would drink. He would make outrageous claims like he invented the first Welcome to Mom and Pop Culture, Amanda. Welcome, Nathan. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Weekly. Um, weekly pop culture podcast where we take a look at a piece of pop culture and discuss the parenting on it. Uh, thank you for listening. Don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button. Leave a comment on iTunes or recommend us to a friend, God forbid. <laughs> Uh, you can also send us an email at momandpopculturepod at gmail.com. Look forward to hearing from folks. Yeah, if you have an idea for something we should do. This week we are doing Ladybird, the 2017 Greta Gerwig written and directed masterpiece? Yes. <laughs> it's a masterpiece, right? Like it's This is the second time we've seen it. Yes. Um, it's on Netflix. It's extraordinary. 94 minutes and flies by. Yeah, it really does. But it's incredibly deep mm-hmm. and meaningful and like everything a movie can be, right? Right, right. Yeah, it leaves you with a real, real feelings, mm-hmm. um, real, real processing of your own feelings. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's just me. I mean, this movie is set in 2002, 2003, which was when I was also in high school, so... There's a lot there. Yeah, I was about to finish college, but as we'll discuss on this pod, no doubt, I've been in. I was in high school till about my mid thirties, right? Like emotionally. Yeah, sure, sure. So, um, <laughs> yes, I was out of the halls of my high school, but emotionally, still very much there. Gotcha. Uh, during the time of this, so a lot of it rang really true, mm-hmm. and things were hella tight. <laughs> So this is a difficult movie to summarize the plot of, so we recommend you watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, number one, see this if you haven't. As we said, it's on Netflix. It couldn't be easier to find. Um, 94 minutes. You've got the time. Uh, from a plot summary, it's a girl's senior year of college. High school. High school. Sorry. Senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And we watch her then have her first sort of misadventure at college. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a coming of age story. From a woman, about a woman, told about by a woman. woman. Yes, correct. Which is what's ultimately unique the first it. sort of unique <laughs> aspect of it, right? And then it plays on things in boyhood, things on 400 blows that all these coming-of-age male stories we've seen a hundred times and does them in a really interesting way. Yeah, yeah. And I would say like other Greta Gerwig or Noah Baumbach films, it is less about the plot beats and more about the overall feel of the movie Mm -hmm. and the overall journey you take and at its best moments hits you with both like when she sees the kid in the bathroom kissing the boy oh yeah where it's like a plot moment and a gut-wrenching emotional moment and that is what good screenwriting is right is telling your story in these extraordinary moments and this is an extraordinary screenplay yeah well one of the things that you had said that then on reflection um as i was thinking about doing this podcast today Uh, You had said that each person in the film has a fair shake. Mm -hmm. Like you, you understand everyone's perspective. And even when they're flawed, you understand where they're coming from and why they may be like that. Yeah. Everyone gets three dimensions. Everyone is clearly, she obviously loves these people. Yes. Which is (laughs) not a mystery to you. Whenever I wrote about my family, family or experiences back home, the way she is clearly doing here. That love never came through. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't there, right? And right. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into that today. But the the love she has for Sacramento, mm. the love she has for the people who, for who populate it, for Catholicism, for, for re- God, yeah. for people, yeah. humanity. For herself. It's, yeah, for, it's for all the, on display. the compassion she feels for herself as a teen girl that's already making me tear up because it wasn't something I felt at that age. And mm-hmm. being able to see it expressed so plainly on screen, I think, is is wonderful and, and great that other people can share in that experience. That I had real ladybird envy. Yeah. Watching it, I'm like, well, I wish I'd been this fully formed I and this self-confident. This cool. and, yeah, this cool. Um, I certainly thought I was, but I yeah, was not. Same. I did no. not have the courage uh, of this young woman. Um, and I mean, you... 
tearing up like we'll probably have to stop this at times like yes. i cried through the whole movie me too cost 10 million dollars to make grossed 80 million cast is extraordinary it stars Sporsey ronan who apparently read for it once and got the role on page two like Greta Gerwig was like, you yeah. know, you're it. You've, yeah. you're, you've nailed it. Uh, Lori Metcalf as her mom, Marion. Tracy Letts as her dad, Larry. Lucas Hedges as Danny. Timothy Chalamet as Kyle. And Beanie Feldstein as Julie. In terms of the script, Gerwig has worked on it for years. At one point, it was 350 pages, which is a lot more the version of this story I see. Um, and what's bothersome about it is, so this and girls are both, whether... Greta Gerwig and Lena Dunham want to overtly say they're autobiographical. They're clearly representative of their world experience, Absolutely. right? And in some right. instances, very clearly firsthand. And so what that tells to a lot of the college-age screenwriting students I teach is, my life could be a movie. Oh, and, yeah. oh, dear heavens, no, it cannot. <laughs> no, it cannot. And I usually see that 350-page bloated, right. none of the meanings being conveyed to the audience version of the story. and A diary. Two, a diary, essentially. Yeah, so you're, the poetry... Mm -hmm. Honestly, you should be writing. And for this to be honed down to such a masterpiece of moments where we come into scenes so late, but we still understand everything that came before it, like her driving test scene. We don't see her take the test. We just see her in the car having passed, right? Right. There's lots of little snippets like that where you only get a moment and it's beautifully and efficiently told. And apparently that's what drew a lot of the acting talent to it. In terms of the aesthetic, it looks really interesting. It does, yeah. Two things that struck me are we see Sacramento almost the way it would look out of a moving car. Yes. A lot. There's a lot of that type of imagery of it, which is one of my favorite places to view the world. Yeah, there's that motif that is strung throughout and even comes to a head at the end where mm-hmm. where Lady Bird just talks about driving rather dri- than being a passenger. Right, and, and, and um, connects with her mom in that way. Hey, mom... Did you feel emotional the first time that you drove in Sacramento? I did, and I wanted to tell you, but we weren't really talking when it happened. All those bends I've known my whole life, and stores, and the whole thing. And we've seen Mary and Lori Metcalf have a similar experience to her earlier in the film Mm -hmm. and that is that when they're at their most disconnected they haven't spoken they're three thousand miles apart yes in terms of the other element of the aesthetic so they did a camera trick they put a filter on it that makes the images we see look like they're a copy of a photograph oh weird yeah so it doesn't it's done with this hundred thousand dollar camera called an alexa and then you put the effect on afterwards the film was very well received by critics and audiences alike it was nominated for academy awards for best picture best director best original screenplay best actress for ronan and best supporting actress for metcalf it did not win screenplay which shocked me so i, I got all in a huff and looked at looked it up get out one so i got no beef sure. with that yeah. get out okay. was very good <laughs> uh, it was also nominated against heavies the big sick the shape of water and three billboards outside ebbing missouri so oh, i mean yeah that was a pretty good loaded year. Yeah. pretty loaded year that year golden globes it won for best picture and won for best lead actress it was nominated for supporting and screenplay Gerwig has said she wants to do four Sacramento films inspired by the Neapolitan novels of Elena Ferrante, who is an Italian author. And if you're looking for a deeper sort of interaction with her work, one of those books is called My Brilliant Friend, which has been adapted to an HBO series that is, I guess, going to be all four of these novels told on the small screen. And you made a jerk off hand <laughs> gesture. So do you have anything else to say about the film overall? Broadly, before we start talking about the parents here? From a nostalgia perspective, each frame, I was like, oh, yeah, those necklaces. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. The, you know, like the song. Oh, wow. Those shoes. Just, I mean, all of those things were like, man, that rattled me already. So I was primed to take in this film, I think, how she wanted sure. people to. Well, and she, I mean, as you might imagine, was meticulous in the details mm-hmm. and gave the performers copies of her old yearbooks to look at the style and, and things like oh that and yeah. was really, really interested in every every detail. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk now about the mamas and the papas. And there are two literal parents in this. 
Marion and Larry. Lady Bird's relationship with Marion is the central sort of element of the story. Yeah, we start the film with them waking up in bed together, mirroring each other. From that moment, you're like, oh, this is going to be really focused on their relationship. Mm -hmm. And then you have that wonderful opening scene of them in the car, which is among the best opening scenes of this century, where they go back and forth and they're listening to the Grapes of Wrath and they... It's very pleasant, and then all just gets ignited so yeah. fast. And the way it happens when you're 17. Oh, yeah. Where you're, you know, she's your best friend and your worst enemy in the span of 30 seconds, and then Lady Bird dives out of the car. There were several things Marion said that rang true as, like, either my mom or dad has said that verbatim, or I've heard other parents say it, right? Sure. Uh, you have a great life. Yeah. You don't think about anybody but yourself. Yeah. Make your own fucking eggs. Sure. Ask your ladybird doesn't like her eggs. Yeah. I uh, didn't like the way my mom did my laundry, so I've been doing my own laundry since I was 12. Yeah. Why can't I just make the eggs? Because you take too long, you make a big mess, and I have to clean the whole thing up. Eggs aren't good for the environment anyways. What? You heard her. Eat quickly, please. Look at all these pictures. Every newspaper looks like USA Today. Shelly and I are trying to be vegan. That's the soy milk. You wear leather jackets. But they're vintage, so they don't support the industry. They aren't done. There's white stuff. You know how much you have brambles? Pigs are smarter than him, even. I never thought brambles was a genius, okay? Mom, the eggs are not done. Fine, make your own fucking eggs. I wanted to. You won't let me. My mother was an abusive alcoholic, which I think we'll come back to. Yeah. I didn't raise you to, I forget what the specific is, but I got a lot of that. Like, this isn't how I raised you. Be a racist. Is that what it is? Yeah, because Miguel... She's frustrated by Miguel getting into college. Having graduated from Berkeley, where she didn't get in. She didn't get in, that's right. It's never enough, Marion asserts, which we're already feeling with our kid. Oh, yeah. And then, do you know how much it costs to raise you? Yes. We got that a lot, too. Yeah, absolutely. So, one of the more accurate portrayals of a mom I I can think of. Yeah, it's warts and all, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, as we had mentioned, a very loving and attentive approach to how being a mom is and how being a daughter of a mom is but also like whoo she's mm-hmm. a whole person with flaws and all <laughs> yeah yeah and we get the moments where they're sweet together which yeah. i think are really important where they go look at uh, the rich people's houses yeah but i mean even like dress shopping she asks ladybird are you tired and she doesn't answer. And she asked it again. And she was like, oh, because you're dragging your feet. And so I thought you might be tired. And it's like, why do you have to be so passive aggressive about mm-hmm, that? Mm-hmm. And that is like, that really rang true to me, too. And, you know, their experience of dress shopping together where it was like, it's obvious that your daughter is in love with this dress. Can't you just say something nice mm-hmm, instead mm-hmm. of making it about you? But she can't. But she can't. She can't do it. I guess we'll get into this in the the good parenting, but Marion is maybe abusive, but doesn't seem like an alcoholic, right? So it seems like she's taken some steps. You know what I mean? I mean, I think when you're a child who has grown up in a household with narcissistic parents or with parents who are alcoholics or abusive in those ways, you grow up knowing, I mean, we see that Marion is a nurse at a psychiatric ward. Mm -hmm. She's doing the work. She knows that that's important and she I would imagine is somebody who believes in counseling Mm -hmm. and has probably tapped into that at several times in her life Mm -hmm. and it's still hard and she's still learning and it's still not perfect and that that's that I think is the crux of being in a relationship you can mourn the things you don't have while appreciating and living in the things that you do I really related to her being so different at work Right, this yeah. this warm, caring. She loves other people's kids, juxtaposed with it, the coldness she has with Ladybird so often. Mm-hmm. I really that rang true to me. Yeah, my mom was revered at work in a way she wasn't in our house. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, being everybody's friend in that way. She knows mm-hmm. the cashier at the uh, thrift store. She, you know, is getting gifts for her coworker's baby. She takes in another child. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> That's that huge. was really loving of her and really spoke to who she is, I think, and, and the goodness inherent in her. And the complicated nature of, of then your own biological child and what stands in the way of really connecting with them because of your own shit, like growing up with an abusive mother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I related to when other people noticed that Marion was mean to Ladybird. Yeah. 
and Lady Bird sort of had mixed feelings about it, where she almost, that was one of the times we saw her defend her mother. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was pretty interesting. She defends her mother, but at the, and then in another scene, she doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. she accepts it. And, and those are the two parts of like, you know, having to split your, yourself into these two different pieces of like, no, I love my mother. But like when something happens, you're like, oh shit, all of these other things about my mom too. And then mom sewing the clothes was very human and very sweet and, and fixing up that dress so that it fit her better. That really seemed like that wasn't something my mom did so much for me. Um, But she did it for my sister quite a bit. And that's the part where it's like, I feel Laurie Metcalf being, or Marion being like, you don't appreciate the things that you get. Because Mm -hmm. she she goes above and beyond in these ways that are invisible to a child. But... Because they have no other frame of reference for it. Right. And, and, I mean, you should. They're your kid. Mm -hmm. Like, you should be doing You're supposed to give your all to them. Yeah, yeah. not them to whom. It's, uh, being a parent is the most thankless thing, but it's also the most selfish and selfless Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a weird thing to do. For Larry, the dad really liked that he was always watching the news on TV. Feel like that I got from my parents and I do it now. I, he was also playing solitaire at one point too, <laughs> which was <laughs> very 2002. Uh-huh, computer uh-huh. solitaire. Computer right? solitaire. Right? He's played by Tracy Letts. This is our second Tracy Letts piece of pop culture. He was one of the creeps in the Seinfeld episode we did, The Strike. <laughs> so I guess which this is, is a Tracy so Letts weird. pod now. Yeah, right. And the character, he's like just gross and. The Seinfeld, yeah. Good actor. I mean, by all accounts, a very, like uh, Laurie Metcalf, an accomplished Steppenwolf stage actor. They've been friends for years, but had never been on stage together. Uh, so they were happy to get this chance. Love that he's supportive of her education and desire to escape. This was, that was my mom. Yeah. Right? My, my mom was like, go, oh, you can go anywhere you get in. We'll yeah. figure out the money. And my dad took me to a restaurant and sat me down and explained why I needed to go to the local college and work for him. And I was like... You've, what are you talking about? Yeah. Not, I didn't I didn't take AP classes to go to Mason. I need to get the hell out of here. I mean, I didn't go to Brown. Right, right, right. Yeah, you weren't allowed to go, right? No. There were a couple places that I got into that, like, you know, my parents were generous enough to pay for in-state tuition and support me with those things, but it wasn't go wherever you can get in. Mm. We had to take my dad to court. So he didn't want to pay for anything. And so my mom took him to court and was like, I'll pay a third, you'll pay a third, and Nate will pay a third. But I paid a third out of money my grandpa had set aside for me to pay it. And he's still pissed off about it. Yeah. Because he doesn't think it's valuable. Meanwhile, I'm a fucking college professor in the exact <laughs> thing I went to graduate school for. Yeah, So you like did a pretty difficult job. to put your degree to, to better any use. better use. Yeah. And that very statement puts me in like an elite 3% of people who go to grad school. Yeah, yeah. But sure, it was a waste of time and money. He's not somebody who appreciates education. As is also going to come out in this, I was raised by people who are still in high school. Right. right? And that's something I think Gerwig very astutely points out in an interview in the LA Times she said I also feel like your primary relationship is with your parents and relationships with friends and boyfriends are a way that you express your understanding of love based on what your family is so we all sort of keep replicating the same thing yeah I mean it no mystery how you attract or find the people in your life because you are just I mean once you're older it's obviously a (laughs) huge mystery in your teens and 20s and why are things going so wrong for me why do I keep replicating this same like wanting to be in romantic relationships with people who don't really love me because it's the same that's what I think love is right right at that point or wanting to be with people who don't appreciate me or understand me Mm mm-hmm because that's all I've, all I've been around. It's all I've been around. Which is another reason Lady Bird's so wonderful. It's recognizing yes. like this isn't enough and I need and want more and I deserve yes. more. Yes. And there are, are multiple places too where in the movie Lady Bird changes her personality to fit into a certain group of people and learns really quickly in, mm-hmm. in the movie not to do that mm-hmm. and, and actually listens to herself in her gut. And that is why I think she has good parents mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ultimately. Mm-hmm. The, well, they've done the thing 
that we're not supposed to talk about in parenting, which is basically we're preparing this person for a life on their own. It's yes. Like, oh, my God. The whole thing we're doing is preparing you to do all of this without me. Yes. Right. Right. That's why there needs to be rules and boundaries and those kinds of things. And that's why it's your child's job to push up against them. Mm-hmm. One other thing about dad, I, I liked that. I mean, I, the weird thing to say, I liked that he was depressed, but it seemed honest. Yeah. There is a wave of national depression that's going to happen in America of middle-aged men as we all sort of realize, oh, like, we're not going to be rock stars and moguls and, you know, all these ludicrous depictions of success and wealth that are just further and further away from the possibility of the average person's life. There's a lot of grief that's got to be felt there. I learned secondhand that my dad's bipolar Hmm. from, like, someone saw the pills he was taking and Googled why you take them. Yeah. And then talked to me about it. I was what like, happens in the movie with Lady Bird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's a really honest portrayal of depression, too. He's mm-hmm. fine. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. see him in the movie. He's wonderful with his kid. He's doing stuff day to day. He's great with Marion. Yeah, he's great with Marion. He's funny. When you told me, Nate, that Laurie Metcalf and Tracy Letts, when they've had a relationship for so long outside of acting, you can really tell because mm-hmm. they, they can relate to each other without even doing anything Mm -hmm. like they're just in the same room together and you think that they're a couple it was just such an honest portrayal of depression and marion's like casual reference to it well it's also part of her job yeah right so i suppose they've been using that terminology for a while this is sort of related to family but one of the ways the story flows is through all of these family rituals yeah. Right. Of Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and then graduation. It's just all of these chances where you're together with their family and slowly but surely you see her sort of pulling away and pulling apart mm-hmm. from it. It's very, very well done. Yeah. Which is what you need to do in individuation. That's mm-hmm. like the age to do it. And she's doing a good job. So pseudo parents, pretty much the teachers and the people at her Catholic school. Right. Yeah. Or who we have here. And the teachers are really where, particularly two of the male teachers, where I think you see the real gifts of Gerwig as a writer, Yeah, where the, you, they get three or four scenes and they're fully drawn. Right, yeah. So Mr. Bruno is the math teacher, and there's a moment with uh, Beanie Feldstein's character, Julie, where you're, I'm almost creeped out at first, right? Yes. In one of the first scenes where you're like, whoa, what is the nature of of this relationship and part of it is the adoration she has for him yeah a lot of it is is julie which i but it's still it's there right it's a specter same way it was in queen's gambit they sure. use like yeah. that specter of potential abuse really well yes but then he turns out to be a sweetheart yeah he's got to leave the pta meeting right to take care of his kids and get his wife back to bed julie's disappointment that her teacher has a wife with kids <laughs> is <laughs> palpable and funny Mm -hmm. but like sad and like it makes sense that she's like practicing a relationship she would have with somebody her own age on someone who is that safe that makes sense father levich i think is how you say it he leads the drama club right right what is his sad backstory that they like whisper about him that his son when he was he was a teenager died of a heroin overdose and he and his wife got divorced over it Mm -hmm. um you know, before he went into the priesthood. Sure, sure. It was something that has colored his whole life. So when they do the crying exercise. Yes. Right? So they're in acting class or in rehearsals for the play, and they do an exercise where everybody sits in a circle and sees who can cry first. Yes. And he he is the Usain Bolt of crying on cue. Yeah, he can do it yeah, faster than anybody. Yeah. Having worked in a theological school, a lot of the professors that I knew who were reverends had those emotions so close to the surface that if you talk to them about anything that held any emotional weight friendships from years before um, Mm -hmm. big events things like that they would be so close to tears immediately Mm -hmm. and it was it was a very familiar aesthetic they kind of do uh Chekhov's gun with it where he's crying at the beginning and then we see him later at the the psych ward with Laurie Metcalf after he is not at school for a while Mm -hmm. But in and in another extraordinarily well written scene where we don't yes. see what he says, no, we just see that he's there and that he's concerned. Ladybird will find out. Yes, yes, right. And so it's it's beautifully humanizing, almost more so than watching him lament his dead kid could have been. Right. Yes. Oh the, my God. Even more so because Laurie Metcalf, Marion's response is to say, "Well, who do you go to when things are hard?" 
and mm-hmm. he doesn't have an answer. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not that his son died when he was a child and it's not that he got divorced. It's that he, the grief that he's feeling has nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And, and he and, feels like he has nowhere to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really well done. And then this other authority at the school, Sister Sarah Jean. And she, Joan. Joan, sorry. Sister yeah. Sarah Joan is amazing. Amazing. She is, she's my favorite character in this movie. I have a soft spot for nuns, I suppose, as a Catholic, and mm-hmm. knowing many cool nuns, I think my parents would have a different view of it. They knew a lot of not cool nuns and sure, a lot of very sure. abusive nuns. She's pretty progressive. Like, She's she likes the... progressive. It was the right thing to do. She was sitting there. Because she the didn't get it. Come in, and something deep inside of her said, no. Bingo. Anyone want to guess who this woman is? The young lady right here. You? No, it was not me. Um, your friend? No. The girl in the story was... my mother. (laughs) I am that baby that she decided not to abort. That could have been me. That could have been my fate. Just because something looks ugly doesn't mean it's morally wrong. What did you say, ma'am? Nothing. Please, share. I said, just because something looks ugly doesn't mean that it's morally wrong. You think dead children aren't morally wrong? No. I'm just saying that if you took up-close pictures of my vagina while I was on my period, it would be disturbing, but it doesn't make it wrong. Excuse me? Listen, if your mother had had the abortion, we wouldn't have to sit through this stupid assembly. (laughs) Sister Sarah Joan likes it right likes the joke is that the one she likes no she likes the when she gets suspended she has beef then with sister sarah joan Mm. and puts on the back of her car just married to jerry's to jesus you know with cans and all decorated and she Mm -hmm. talks about driving home and people honking at her and then her comment to lady bird is i'm not just married to jesus it's been 40 years (laughs) (laughs) Um, and she also has the best line of the movie, which we'll talk about in Great Parenting. Yeah. I think the the real truest drives out the heart of the matter line. All right, brothers and sisters, you've got Miguel, uh, who is her half-brother, Lori Metcalf's son from a previous marriage, right? Uh, I relationship? I think a previous relationship. Okay. And the vibe um, that I got. his partner, Shelly. Yes. Who are sleeping on the fold-out couch. Yes. And one of the funnier scenes is when... Marion and Larry are in the bathroom and they're like, hey, do you think they have sex on that couch? And he's like, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so this, I mean, the the layers of family rang really true. See, I'm, I'm my dad's first franchise. Then he had another franchise. He started with a lady from Michigan and had two kids with her. And now he has the franchise. He's still running. So that rang true, right? It didn't ring true that he would bring me in. I've been sort of explicitly not welcome for quite some time now but that your parents had a life before you i think is really important probably for marion yes you know i think if if i know lady bird wants to make sequels to this but i'd watch a marion prequel oh my god about going from that relationship to larry right you know i think that would be an important coming and and we don't get any context for that Mm. um but we do which is how it feels as a kid i imagine yes i don't think my brothers and sisters have any context for me right you know, or, or any framework of like understanding who my dad was before he's their they dad. Were bo- yeah, yeah, before he's their dad. Probably very true. We'd have to ask my middle sister about it. Yeah, special right. guest. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can email <laughs> us. I like that Shelly gives her a clove. Oh, right. Yeah. That felt very high school of like all of a sudden you're trying new drugs or new I, ways well, to smoke. And or, I remember. My older brother, his girlfriend, the complicated nature of my mom being her mom mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. her mom had died and her dad wasn't, I mean, not that he's not a good dad, but it, it, he just was absent then. Sure, sure. Um, and she, I struggled with that. I struggled with watching my mom be such a good parent to someone when I was right there. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and especially mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like... Well, and she's become... I mean, part of your family, family. Oh, like yeah. She's, we've talked about her before, being at all, all sorts of family events. And... Yeah, she's she's been there since I was 15. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Um, 
and and that that's how Shelly felt too and and like the appreciation Shelly has for Marion mm-hmm. because she is that to her it doesn't matter what she is to Ladybird for mm-hmm. for Shelly I mean she has that relationship and that's just it's so complicated and hurtful but also you see like the gratitude and I don't want to say awe but like looking at your parent being like I think that's great that you can do that for someone else Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well and and I think it's important that Shelly respects Marion before Ladybird does yeah right and that was uh, that's been a journey for me of you know my mom was not someone I respected when I was 17 right for a lot of valid reasons right right? but I've grown to in understanding how fortunate a person I am and how all of the things I have to be extraordinarily grateful for. Like, oh no, this person was amazing. And I think what this film does beautifully is give you all of that in 90 minutes instead of 20 years. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Miguel is is a brother. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, very much. Very much a brother to her. I thought that was good. Kind of a dick older brother. Yeah, Living in balls. a shadow a little bit. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. Busted balls. Um, liked them at work. Yes. That was some of the fun interplay where they're wrinkling the magazines. Absolutely. Let's talk about Julie. All right. Her bestie. Yes. Would that have been the term in 02, right? It would have been besties. BFF. BFF, maybe? Okay. <laughs> it's appropriate for Beanie Feldstein. Uh-huh. The BFF. Uh-huh. Great character. Yeah. Right? Very much her sort of, you can imagine them having been eight together. Yeah, absolutely. And, and now sort of transitioning to some awkward version of being young ladies. Well, right. And the thing about transitioning from adolescence to adulthood is that in individuation that happens and that happens at all levels including your friends mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and that i think is the the piece that they feel during the movie that we see ladybird pulling away from julie wanting more excitement wanting to be cooler or what you know whatever mm-hmm. um and julie having to deal with the fallout mm-hmm. having to sort of clean it all up yeah almost in a maternal way i think she's symptomatic of ladybird developing pretty well because she's a parent she's choosing herself right so ladybird i think recognizes subconsciously that like her parents obviously aren't enough and so she's taken a friend in julie or made a friend in julie who is maternal in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and i think that's something i did for Mm -hmm. sure as a teen was like seek out people who seem to have their shit together because my parents in a lot of ways did not did you do that did you have i mean i was the Julie okay. more than okay. um, I can see finding that. a Julie? I think it's interesting that you say that it's part of her developing well because I, I think it's a symptom of not having the things that you need, you know? Mm-hmm. But you're right in that, like, finding a place to fulfill those things. That's... Listen, part of being a teenager is recognizing... Oh my God, these people don't know what they're doing. Oh my God. About your parents. (laughs) And maybe also that, oh, these people are not very good at expressing their love to me. Yeah. You seek out relationships that do those better. And I think Julie does both those things better. Yeah. And I mean, Julie is way more adult than she should be. And that's probably from whatever trauma she's experienced. Yeah. She has a young mom. Oh, dad's not in the picture. There's like a rotating cast of boyfriends and right, this right. current one she likes, but you know, who who knows who's been there before. Those things have like secured a real relationship for Lady Bird and Julie mm-hmm. by both having home lives that they wish were different. Um, they were able to to find each other and kind of like be stabilizing for each other, which makes it all the more tragic when Ladybird leaves Julie. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, good for Julie. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it almost is. Herself. Yeah, good for Julie. There's part of me that was like, close the door in her face, Julie. Yeah, right? You I know, know I know. But, but I get it. And, and Julie was also having a rough time, that, right? Yeah, she makes mm. that sad remark about some people just aren't born happy. Who else was there that was a pseudo sibling? Danny, right? Danny is Ladybird's first boyfriend. And I think like a lot of boyfriends or first girlfriends or like people you date in high school where you're like, you're too young to actually be dating somebody. Mm -hmm. They become kind of like incorporated into the family. 
as as another child of your parents or or whatever just you know oh there's another kid to take care of more like a friend than anything sure and he turns out to be gay in one of the more devastating scenes i mean it's very cute because he seems like he's not aware of what's happening yet sure sure and you know even describes to lady bird like oh i don't want to touch your boobs because i respect you so much (laughs) (laughs) of course and and at the end we see his parents running into him at a restaurant and they're like overjoyed to see them which i remember my parents doing and my brother's doing with um my high school boyfriend like Mm -hmm. seeing him Mm -hmm. again in college or whatever and just being like there he is (laughs) the one that got away right (laughs) did you ever date somebody who turned out to be gay yeah it wasn't in high school but yeah she in hindsight was very clearly like our whole relationship working out her feelings for this girl who didn't feel the same way um which i mean what i did do was date a lot of unavailable people yeah right not necessarily gay but like just didn't weren't about me the way i wanted them to be about me or weren't around the same way my parents were yeah right because you recreate these relationships that you recognize right as familial another very well drawn aspect of the story right julie and danny both being those people for lady bird yeah her family dynamic sort of repeating itself and the choices she makes. Mm-hmm. So many damn wiener kids. I mean, yes. obviously, in a movie about teenagers. Yes. They were all. They were all. Uh, I mean, should we start with Ladybird? Let's go. Jumping out of the car? What the fuck's yeah. the matter with you? That's a real 17-year-old move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me not think about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Break my arm. And then still be so mad I write, fuck your mom on the cast. Who took you to get the, the arm set? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I like, know. I know. The last minute submission for college. Yes. I did that. Yeah. Hungover. Last minute, like do the first of the year. I totally opposite. didn't get in there. <laughs> I was, I did all of mine for early um, admission. Sure. Some of the places I applied, if you did early admissions, that could be the only place you applied. It wasn't like there was rolling admissions okay. for a lot of okay. things, but sure. this was like the first deadline that mm-hmm. you could do mm-hmm. that I did for mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't do the thing that you're talking about, which I know some like elite schools. It's like if you get in here, this has to be the place you go. Yep. Um, I didn't do that. Okay. Right. <laughs> but like I knew where I was going to college in like October. Sure. I knew where sure. I was living in sure. October. Sure. Um, and I know that there were some kids in April who were like, <laughs> what to do? Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't decide. I got into a good mix of schools, some of my reaches, some of my safeties, and knew I needed to get as far away as possible from my family. So it was like, all right, I'm going to Boston. And I got into BU and Northeastern and like agonized over it. Because mm-hmm. no, I didn't know how to make a decision. No. Yeah. Um, no one had taught me how to assess things that way and i literally at like three in the morning on an ihop flipped a coin yeah to northeastern (laughs) did you graduate from northeastern i did not i transferred to a much better school (laughs) i went to university of virginia i went and visited my friend who was my sort of julie my father figure alex and was like oh no this is where i need to be like all i'm learning in northeastern is like how much an eighth of shroom costs (laughs) suspended how does this happen Everything we do is for you. Everything. Do you think I like driving that car around? No. Do you? No. Do you think I like working double shifts at the psych hospital? No. You needed to go to the Catholic school because your brother saw somebody knifed in front of him at the public school. Is that what you want? Larry, what are you doing on the computer? Nothing. You think your dad and I don't know how ashamed that you are of us? Your dad knows. Your dad knows why you ask him to drop you off a block away from school every day. Dad, I didn't mean to. You made him feel horrible. Horrible. I'm sorry. Do you know Marianne, that? you didn't have to bring no, that Larry, up. No, Larry, you can't just be the nice guy. She has to know. She has to know how you feel. Otherwise, she's just going to think she can say anything at all, and nobody ever gets hurt. Wrong side of the tracks. I didn't mean it that way. It was yeah. a joke. Yeah, it's just a joke. Mom and Dad, they don't care. We didn't think we'd be in this house for 25 years. We thought we would have moved someplace better. Whatever we give you, it's never enough. It's never enough. It is enough. Do you have any idea what it costs to raise you and how much you're just throwing away every day? Give me a number. What? Give me a number. I don't understand. You give me a number for how much it costs to raise me 
and I'm gonna get older and make a lot of money and write you a check for what I owe you so that I never have to speak to you again. Well, I highly doubt that you will be able to get a job good enough to do that. Still a fantasy I have. Yeah, I know. A big F you would be to be able to do that. The idea that your child owes you something mm -hmm. is wild. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Like, like that is one of the, we'll get into it with Marion when we get into parenting. But yeah, I think, I mean, that's a good response from Lady Bird. Mm -hmm. What is she supposed to say to that? Are you really going to get into a car, a, a car with a guy who honks at you? <laughs> with Larry Sester? Yeah, yeah. When, they're, when she's going to prom and her answer is, I think I am. I think I am. <laughs> she just gets into it. But even she's a little bit embarrassed by yeah, it. Yeah, but she, my parents didn't want to let me make those kinds of mistakes sure and so i made bigger ones sure. that were in secret sure that is was much harder than mm -hmm. to have my you know oh shit i fucked up can you please help me with this there was nobody to go to mm -hmm. that was a very oh my god lady bird <laughs> on your 18th birthday what did you buy lotto ticket porn mm -hmm. we went to the sex store there you go okay yeah, she buys cigarettes, uh, a lotto ticket, and a Playgirl. Right. Pretty, yeah, pretty pretty, regular. pretty appropriate, but still a damn wiener kid move. Yes. I mean, uh, when, on my 21st birthday, I went that day. It was actually like, it turned, it was the midnight. It was like 12.01, and sure. I drove to a gas station to buy uh, Milwaukee's Best. <laughs> Got up to the front, and the guy just like, whatever, rang it up. And I was like, no, look. <laughs> <laughs> you have to card me. Yeah. I tried to buy cigarettes and had to get the a copy of the Washington Post to show him what date it was. That I, he like didn't want to accept my ID. I was like, "No, we're here. It's now." No, do it. Ladybird also at one point, Kyle, the wienerest of the damn wiener kids. <laughs> I mean, that's who she's trying to impress. So she's just miserable, um, mm -hmm. both to everyone and herself. I think too. That's like the change we see in her. But at one point, she's sitting trying to impress him, and she pulls out a clove cigarette, and he was like, oh, man, I only smoke, you know. Roll my roll, own. Those have fiberglass in them. Yeah. What a fucking and, jackass. And her response is, oh, these are what I smoked when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also a damn wiener kid For sure. Move. <laughs> For sure. Trying to appear like you're so much more mature and older. Other just damn wiener kid stuff, the deuce, this like cool place she's heard about just being another parking lot yeah. that they go hang out at. That's very funny. It's funny. Her lying like about her house, I thought was very high school. Yeah. You know, to misrepresent your wealth, to misrepresent your family's wealth. Well, and Jenna's response too, for somebody who is millionaires, for her to be like, I don't even understand why someone would lie about that. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my God. Julie and Lady Bird are so in love with this girl and think she's so cool. Jenna. Jenna. Mm -hmm. And then the camera show finally shows you her, which is another like really great editing thing. They're like talking her up and mm -hmm. oh, she, she has a tanning bed in her own house and she's whatever. And then they cut the camera to her and it's like, that's just a kid. She's some kid from Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just... <laughs> But that perspective when you are 17 is like, man, she's the pretty one. And it's like, God, looking back at pictures of me in high school, it's like, no, you're you're normal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, the other being lied to, right? So Kyle, obviously, most notably, who we'll talk about now, lies to her. I thought all of that was very, that's just what high school is. Yeah. It's just a lot of bullshit. Right. So Mr. Kyle, Timothy oh, Chalamet. God. Uh, what a douche. I mean, just the, <laughs> the roll your own cigarettes, the the precursor. I'm sure he is deep in the QAnon conspiracy world yeah. now. Yeah, Joe uh, Rogan. You know, oh, he's definitely a daily Rogan listener. <laughs> so full of shit in the way teenage boys are. Oh, yeah. Being in a band, like. <laughs> what didn't ring true for me about that is that he seemed like the kind of guy who was going to be in a band until he wasn't, whereas my friends were like, band for life. And so they did not feel cool about being in a band. Like, they were very self-conscious and... He's a cool kid who's in a band. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I don't think he's a real musician. No, I don't think so either. Lies about his virginity. Yes. 
Yes, in in like in the, order to take hers in the most teenage way, where it's mostly lack uh, omission. You know, like mm-hmm. she says, like, "Oh, I, I haven't had sex yet, and like I don't want to have sex now." And he says, "Me too." Mm-hmm. So she thinks he means the same things, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then he like is upset that she would think differently. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like I'm a total lie in two years. Okay, buddy. Yeah, I'm right. sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Seventeen year old bro. <laughs> oh my god, I knew somebody like that. Who was like, I don't tell lies. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that just means you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the other uh, damn wiener kid thing is her drinking too much of college. Oh. Having her stomach pumped. Boy. These kids today. That's what I, happens when you don't drink in high school. I didn't drink in high school. No. I didn't ever end up in the hospital for alcohol poisoning. Did you or did you not one time in a cab with me have to be held out the window? I'm not. I said I didn't have to go to the hospital. Touche. Right, Touche. <laughs> I was a mess in college. I, a just a royal mess. Um, I would just run home. Mm-hmm. My friends wouldn't be able to find me. Sure. Like, I, I just a mess. That's more finally having independence from my parents, I sure. think. <laughs> I, the night I got to Boston, like, took a bottle of Jim Beam to, to the dome. And my Boy. buddy Gary, who has always seen me in ways I couldn't see myself, was like, somebody's nervous or scared about starting college. Aww. I didn't throw up except once in college. Oh, I, I mean, I throw up all the time. And we even had a pack. And if one of our us. friends <laughs> threw up, one specific friend who would get embarrassed, then we all would. And, like, I don't, I think she would have appreciated us not doing that. Probably. <laughs> Probably. But uh, we thought we were helping. Sure. So <laughs> We had to... One time, my buddy, like, drank so much he like passed out on the street, and we had to carry him to the hospital. That sounds like me, like, except past a Boston Red Sox game, getting out at Fenway Park. <laughs> so I'm like, got him over my shoulder, also hammered. Yeah, right. And I'm like saying to kids, like, don't end up like him, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> avert your eyes. <laughs> avert your eyes, children. Look away. I I also really the a damn wiener kid moment that was really sweet was when she's with Danny and they it's after I think one of the dances or something mm-hmm. and they are all no it's after Thanksgiving and they're all stoned and mm-hmm. they go back to Lady Bird's house and like warm up mac and cheese in the microwave and are all eating it mm-hmm. and it's like you know Marion comes out and like knows what's up because right, right, it's right. obvious and they think that they're being sly they're getting away with it. yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was very damn wiener kids too Anything else? Danny? Oh, I liked the um, him coming out storyline. Oh, I liked yeah. that scene where he comes out and like breaks down about how hard it is to her when she's working at the coffee shop. And like that's another moment, I think, where we really see Greta Gerwig as a good screenwriter. Bad parenting. Yeah, there's, there's a lot, a lot of, of A lot of venom from Marion. Uh, some of it obviously funny. I want to go where culture is, but like how New in the York, world did I raise such or at least snob. Connecticut or New Hampshire, really, where writers live in the get woods. Get into those schools anyway. Mom, you can't even pass your driver's test. Because you wouldn't let me practice. The way enough. that you work, or the or the way that you don't work, you're not even worth state tuition, Christine. My name is Ladybird. Uh, well, actually, it's not, and it's ridiculous. Call me Ladybird, like Christine. you said you would. Just you should just go to City College. You know, with your work ethic, just go to City College and then to jail and then back to City College and then maybe you'd learn to pull yourself up. It's like, it's hilarious, but oh my God, you can't say that to your kid. No, you can't. I mean, especially when you're serious, which she was. Of course you do. We all say things we regret, but like, it's a tough one to watch. Marion called Lady Bird lazy. She's got two fucking jobs. Yeah. Right? Like that also reminded me of me senior year of, no, I've got to get out of here and work is the way to do it. Yeah. I worked at the liquor or the video store. I worked as a janitor at my church. Like I, I held down two jobs because money is freedom at yeah. that age. I mean, at every age. But Yeah. I was definitely called lazy too. And like, I don't, I still struggle with thinking that I am a lot of the time, you know? And it's like. No, being able to slow down and reflect and feel my feelings and get in touch with my body is actually a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's an important it's, part of yeah. being a person. Yeah. Marion used dad to hurt Ladybird? Like, yeah. Yeah. I think it's that same conversation that they have where Marion talks about how much it costs to raise Ladybird. And mm-hmm. she also then pulls in Larry and is like, well, and you hurt your dad's feelings by not 
being dropped off at school. How do you think that makes him feel? And right. it's like, well, let him yes. say how it makes him feel, which is a my ding on Larry. Like, you can share your experience of the world with your daughter. And you should. Yeah, like, she needs to know you're depressed and coping with it and, and doing the best you can. Like, there's a, there's a point at which it would be oversharing. Right. Yeah. If you were like, I'm depressed because of you or, right. you know some other version of abuse where he hangs it on ladybird but right. it seems like that's my knock on him is he's hiding a little too much right i mean probably because of the depression and grief but right you can share that right but that's the point where it's like marion no <laughs> like mm-hmm. Don't, mm-hmm. you can't weaponize something and that those are all of the things that i think that she learned from an alcoholic mom for sure for sure and the ultimate being the shutting her out Right. At the end where it's it, the Ladybird has hidden that she got waitlisted at an East Coast school. Or she and her dad have hidden it. They've hidden that she applied for financial aid. I mean, it's a big it's live a big omission. Lie. She has yeah. a, a right to her hurt feelings. Absolutely. But to then completely shut Ladybird out for what seems like the whole summer. Yeah. The words that really got me. Ladybird says, like, I'm sorry I wanted more. Mm-hmm. And that just... Like her being like, no, I know you've done a lot, but I'm sorry that I wanted more. That is, that has, that reminds me of my, my relationship with my own mom. And one that I, I, I hope that I don't hold on to for B, you sure. know? One of the reasons there are so few examples of bad parenting in this is that they've done and are doing the work of being people. Yeah. They're not living some grand fantasy trying to fix the wounds of high school right the way i think your mom sometimes is and the way i know my dad and sometimes my mom are of of like we're not dealing with the here and now we're dealing with your shit from years ago that you are playing out again and again and again because this is what you were raised with and this is all you know and you haven't given yourself the time as you point out to slow down work on this stuff Mm because if you don't it will destroy you and everyone in your life right and so i think it's we see most of the film marion doing the work and that's one of the reasons it's so jarring and hard when she ultimately pulls away i mean larry does a lot of hiding from his wife which i don't appreciate i Mm -hmm. don't think it 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 is great for their relationship or, or their relationship with their daughter um he also gifts lady bird all of the letters that Marion tries to write her before going. And doesn't away. want to give her because she's afraid she'll judge her, which I think is really, yeah, honest. Yes, and well observed. Yes, and and she would have. Hundred percent, hundred percent. If she would have gotten one letter from her mom, she would have been like, "Oh, look at this shit." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a bitch. Yeah, there would have been something. But Larry giving them to her, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it leads to a beautiful moment of reconciliation with Ladybird calling her mom. But I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I wish Marion could have, and I think she does too, could have mm-hmm. um, forgiven or whatever needed to happen to get to a point where she could talk to her daughter about what was bothering her, what this meant to her. Well, I think one of the things that's so good about the movie is I feel like that conversation will happen. Yeah. You know, it's hard. We talked about off mic. It's hard to separate this from Francis Ha. Right. The other movie about literally Greta Gerwig plays it um, she co-wrote it with Noah Baumbach but she's the star of it equally exceptional filmmaking mm-hmm. she's a young woman in New York struggling who ends up going back to Sacramento and has like a very loving interaction with her family at the yeah. holiday and I would guess that's where this is headed it mm-hmm. seems like I imagine in five or ten years they can have a civil relationship and yeah. can, you know specifically because Lady Bird gets to that place of appreciation in the end Right, um, yeah. And gratitude in the end. That's that I think true. is important. Uh, we've talked about it a lot of bad, but Marion the Good, she's showing up, putting in the work. Yeah. Like knowing the laundry stuff with the towels, <laughs> managing to have a house with one bathroom, managing to take in this other kid, like working double shifts, paying attention to your kid, not necessarily supporting your, your doing everything she wants. Husband. But yeah, supporting your husband. That, that was another thing I liked about him that I guess maybe. To hear what your last comment was about him with the letters, maybe you didn't, but I liked that he had to do a lot of the emotional connecting for them that I feel like I already do with you and B sometimes where it's like you guys can get spun up in mother daughter shit. (laughs) 
that I'm sure is your own shit with your mother and and some Amen. of it is going to be be shit with you and she'll yeah. pass it on to her daughter but like to be a, a mediator one of the things I did in high school was peer mediation and it's the, a good thing to sort of pull that element of high school Nathan back and, and be able to like de-escalate things so I like that I think Marion and Lady Bird like Amanda and Beatrix are very stubborn people who sometimes need a nudge in the right direction and he's the one who says she wants to help you she just doesn't know how mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and then tells Marianne she, Marianne she'll come back yeah that rang true too of like well, I can solve your problems dummy I don't know what to do for myself as Larry <laughs> right like these are easy these aren't mine these aren't mine it's simple just be nice to her <laughs> other great parenting Ladybird. I yeah. think I mean extraordinary self parenting Yes, absolutely. And and as a, a function, I think, an expression of the parenting and oversight she's gotten from her parents. Yeah. But, like, going to Thanksgiving with her boyfriend, mm-hmm. for example. Very brave. Very cool. Going to explore the new friend. Mm-hmm. And then, then, saying, then leaving prom. Like, we, maybe the bravest thing she does in the yes, whole, whole exactly. thing. exactly. Saying, actually, I like this song. I don't want to ditch prom. You mm-hmm. guys suck. Like, mm-hmm. she realizes she's not having fun, which is such a grown-up thing to do, mm-hmm. to be like, mm-hmm. how am I feeling? How do I want to make a decision based on this? Mm-hmm. And what would actually make me feel happy? Yep. And it's still something I struggle with where I'm, I'm at work or involved in something, and I realize I'm not having any fucking fun. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this is horrible. But there's so, so many ways we're sold this idea of, like, well, you have to have fun. You're, everything we do is fun. You have to have fun with whatever you're doing, like... No you, no, you don't. As uh, Julie says, like, some people just aren't happy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Some people just aren't born happy. Lady Bird's interaction to you with Marion, where she asks her mom, this was like a really great parenting moment and one that I didn't have with my own parents. It's clear that they've already had conversations about sex and sexuality. And despite sending her to a Catholic school, which, like, I mean, she stands up for her own views in, in that abortion assembly, mm-hmm. she's asks her mom like when do you think is an appropriate age to have sex and like what you know and her mom's like oh well college and Mm -hmm. you know use protection like we talked about and let me know if you have other questions and like that's phenomenal Mm -hmm. i think that's maybe a product of miguel's existence yes you know that you have to be there's no way to not be upfront about it unless you're gonna go my dad's route and like it's women who dress like sluts that make men behave this way or some crazy theory of the world where well that, that you know. i mean like there's a, a you know a, an idea that people who get really hurt are people who can who are the ones who grow and have have this extraordinary life and it's that's true but that there's also people who are just worse for it mm-hmm. you know <laughs> who get hurt and don't heal don't heal i think we see also an openness to sexuality too and and sex when miguel and shelly are living together and we find out like it's because they were having sex that shelly's mm-hmm. parents kicked her out which is i struggle with that how could you I can't imagine kicking her kid out. I can't either. So I guess that's another shitty parent. Shelly's mom. Shelly's mom. Which is why she appreciates Marion so much. Mm-hmm. I think we see a lot of great parenting, too, from um, the nun, Sister Sarah Joan. She's the one who she sees Ladybird for who she is mm-hmm. and says to her at the one of the early moments of the film, like, you have a performative streak. What about trying out for drama club? Mm-hmm. Ladybird's reaction is, I didn't even know we had a drama club. And yep. it's like, well... You're not really an active part of this community. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that is great encouragement, but it's also just calling it like it is. Like yeah. It is. Well, and and credit to Lady Bird for being able to hear it. Yeah. And listen to it. I was too pigheaded. Yes. Till I was like 35 yes. to hear advice like that when people were giving it to me. You know. You don't know me. Well, you know. <laughs> you know shit. And then the sister also has. I mean, to me, the most beautiful and astute observation in a movie full of them, the line about love and attention being the same thing. Right. <laughs> I read your college essay. You clearly love Sacramento. I do. You write about Sacramento so affectionately and with such care. Well, I was just describing it. Well, it comes across as love. Sure. I guess I pay attention. Don't you think maybe they are the same thing? 
love and attention. Which I think is ultimately what makes Marion so redeemable as a mom is that she is paying attention. Yeah. She's not doing everything Christine Ladybird wants. Right. She's not A+. plus. You can't. Right. There, you it's can't, pass you can't or fail. These little shitheads everything they want. They don't know what they want. <laughs> no. They're little shitheads. Well, and and it's not good. Like you don't prepare them for the world mm-hmm. if <laughs> if you do. But she does give her, I think, the things that she needs, including trying to be as open emotionally as she possibly can, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though she can't always. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're bullish on Ladybird. Yeah. It's do good. you have any uh, last thoughts here? <laughs> what a beautiful film. Yeah, it's good. It's a, a experience to watch it. We highly recommend. All right, we will be back next week. Don't forget to email the show, like us on iTunes, like us on, leave Instagram. a comment, share it with your friends. <laughs> Thank you.